With Jay Dubs and Rocky. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rock in Royal Oak, Michigan. Be sure to find us at podcastdetroit.com. What time is it? It's Nooner Time. Better bring me a mirror. And it's hump day. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. Is it fall? It is fall. Yeah, it's right? officially fall. Yep. It looked like fall this morning. Yeah, I know. It felt like summer all weekend, though. I know. I was, we got a little, last little taste in. Well, it's supposed to be nice the rest of the week. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's cardiac. Today. Yeah, and it's actually supposed to be like 77 today, too. Oh, so that's well, not bad. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it's always cold in here. You though, like so. fall, though. I like all the seasons. So I do I, like I fall. I'm just not looking forward to winter. Ugh. I'm ready to. I hope it's a snowy winter. I want to be <sighs> skiing. No, and no, no, no. I'm sick of uh-uh. these half-ass winters no. where it's just cold and there's no snow it's just yeah so where have you been anyway I haven't seen you you skipped a couple shows <laughs> i know i did blowing it off recording and video shoots and all that jazz oh you're just busy busy you? <laughs> you're really busy. i thought sean paul was so the only busy. busy one in the house oh, i'm not busy i just no. <laughs> <laughs> john paul's probably listening right now going no. i am the only yeah. busy one. <laughs> Well, well, welcome Liv's back. the only busy one. No, Liv's the only busy one. <laughs> Liv is actually on her very first executive business trip. I know. That's yeah. She, where is she? Congratulations, yeah. Liv. Get I it. I know. Yeah, so I she's, know. she's killing it over there. I know. So I haven't, I haven't talked to her at all. She, oh, I, she's called broken, me a few so. times and sent me pictures. Oh, and, cool. Oh, she's just so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. I wrote yeah, her a little I, note, took a picture of her first day going on her first business trip. Oh, congratulations, was, Livio. Yeah. We're so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, you take a picture of John Paul every year. I do. He's a sophomore in college and she still takes a picture on his first, <laughs> first day. <laughs> of and he, you know what? He loves it. Like you would think at his age, he would say, mom, don't, I'm not getting my picture taken. No, he's such a ham. He's like, okay. He still has that backpack. <laughs> and then he shares it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's so excited about us. Like, You're a loser, dude. <laughs> like, he's not. Please don't tell people he's this. Not. See, he's not. He's confident. He doesn't care. It's hilarious. I think it's great. He just, he knows that makes me happy. Come on, first day. <laughs> That's so funny. So I found this interesting article that finally supports my intelligence. Mm. So I know everyone in the house thinks what? I'm the dumbest one, but I'm we telling you, what, why I'm do you, we definitely the smartest. You, well, I wouldn't say you're the smartest, <laughs> but you're definitely not the dumbest. Uh, who would? Lilo, your dog. Okay. <laughs> She's kind of a dope. But she, she is a dope. I'm stuff of dogs. I respect it. All right, this, what is, is this? this article, or the study done by the University of Rochester, New York, um, the research found, they did all these like 
personality tests and like trait tests to see what traits go with certain types of people and all of these things. So they found that more intelligent people tend to swear a lot and walk around naked. So I so am you must like, be a genius. I am a genius you're for a genius, sure. Right? Is that what you're trying <laughs> yes. to tell me? So yeah, those are. I was like. Those are the two things did that you everyone just read, yells at I'm me curious, about. Did you read the whole study in the article? No, did I you got, just read I got the headline? through the first half of it. I was like, yeah, this is Because I have a feeling me. you just read the headline and it probably says something completely different if you read the article. Probably. But yeah. I feel like that was enough for me. Yeah, I was like, was yep, this is enough. Uh, this is enough. I'm a genius. I'm yeah. a genius. <laughs> hey, you know they say that uh, people that need more sleep actually tend to be smarter, too. Okay. Because no, of that. Okay. Okay. Yes. I don't need You know what? All the confidence in with I me, need. though, too. And I'm pretty intelligent. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. But because your brain's constantly going and going and going. So basically during the day, I don't you wear yourself out mentally. Going. I'm going to have to argue that. I'm trying to throw you a bone I'm going to do, do my own study. I'm more like, ooh, shiny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at this. <laughs> yeah, your brain's definitely not going all the It's time. going, just not in the direction <laughs> I need it to all the time. It's just like out here. Yeah. It needs to be here. <laughs> oh, well, we have a perfect guest that because we're going to talk about working with creative people. I can't wait to hear this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I'm really kidding. Though. Okay, so you are a very smart well, person. Thank you. you are I have a hard worker, now, so. too. Well, well you didn't need proof, so you can keep your clothes on at home, you know, because the rest of us don't really care. You don't have to prove anything, okay? <laughs> I am a girl, even though they're small. <laughs> we know. We know. Well, I do have to tell you about, uh, I know you listen to a lot of other podcasts. Yes. And I, I know you've been listening to, to that moment. Yes. Um, and that's all about um, change and, and pivotal moments and um, people and businesses must be built to adapt. Um, that moment is a new podcast about the pivot that changes everything. Moments that open doors for discovery and growth, but also bring the looming possibility of failure. Here are people's stories of taking risk and finding success in business and in life with the new podcast, That Moment, wherever you find podcasts. You're right. And I, it, I have listened to it many yeah. times. Um, it's a fantastic podcast show. And our show today, by the way, is sponsored by Tom Stewart Plumbing and Drain, serving the Metro Tri-County area from Leaky Faucets to major plumbing repairs, Tom Store Plumbing can serve all your home needs. Give them a call at 586-625-7800 or you can reach them at tomstewartplumbing.com. And if you need great branding but can't afford a designer, be your own designer with Maker. Join the over 1 million who've discovered Maker for creating unique and professional-looking logos and branding materials at an affordable price. Try it out today. Friends of the podcast get a free logo with code Nooner. Just visit www.maker.co slash Nooner to redeem your code. That's M-A-K-R dot C-O slash Nooner, N-O-O-N-E-R, and enter Nooner at checkout. All right. Wow. It's time for our favorite segment. It really is time for our favorite segment. It's time for What's the Wish, What's the Way, and What's in the Way. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Our guest today is an award-winning attorney at Hertzstram Law Firm, who was named up-and-coming lawyer by Michigan Lawyers Weekly and D-Business's top lawyer in areas of sports and entertainment law and intellectual property. His passion for entertainment and protecting the rights of artists has made him a sought-after attorney in Detroit. 
Joseph Blanca offers a vast array of services advising people in all facets of the entertainment industries on contracts, licensing, trademarks, and copyrights. His passion for Detroit has led him to be a crucial part of the Detroit Music Awards, serving as an executive board member and as a guest lecturer at the University of Michigan Law School and Wayne State University Law School, just to name a few. Thank you for joining us, Joe Blanca. Thank yeah, you for having welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Finally, <laughs> finally, we got you. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thanks We're for having me. Excited to have you. So Rocky gave us a, a glimpse of what you do as an entertainment attorney, but um, explain a, l- a little bit more. Like, what is entertainment law? What does it cover? Everything. Like in two <laughs> minutes. No. <laughs> really everything. And, and I say that because it's primarily contracts and dealing with copyrights and trademarks. So when you think of an artist, and we'll use Rocky as an example, um, it starts – her career and her, her creativity starts the second that she writes anything or records anything or or has that idea. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's important to how she's going to protect it, use it, and allow others to become aware of what she's doing. So in entertainment law, a lot of what we do is transactional between two parties dealing with contracts. Um, but then we also do you know three other things too. Um, other than all the contractual work from beginning to end. So those three things usually are dispute resolution. Mm. So if That's always fun, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is. Um, you know, the the whole point of a contract is to avoid right. that dispute. But obviously you can't always do that. Things come up, situations right. change. Um, so we advise clients on dispute resolution and, and how we can help them resolve it in their best interests. Um, and then we also enforce and protect copyrights and trademarks. So that's anything from lyrics, artwork, books, um, so- whole recordings, um, really any anything creative that's fixed in a tangible medium. So written down, recorded are generally the two biggest ways. Mm. And then um, another thing that we do on occasion is we network on behalf of our clients. So – if wow. an artist is you know, looking for a certain type of situation, whether it's a recording agreement, touring opportunities, sponsorship, booking, management, licensing, um, if we feel that their music is fantastic and they have the statistics for it, they have all of the, uh, all of the stuff that you need. They have the mm-hmm. marketing, they have a web page, they have a bio, they have you – know, they, they have st- – Stats for streaming and video plays and sales, mm-hmm. um, touring history, all that kind of stuff. So that way when we go to whoever it is that we're going to, they know that we're not just bringing them somebody and taking advantage of our relationship with them. We're saying we think this is a really good business opportunity for you and us. Mm-hmm. So let us know what you think and we're also talking to others. So let's you know let's move on it pretty quickly if, if there's mm-hmm. something there. And you know, it, it does turn into some opportunities. Um, some are better than others. Some are mm-hmm. introductory. Some are, you know, more or less, this is just an introduction. And then years down the road, it turns into something. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to say whether or not that actually um, materializes right away. Yeah. Just because of the state of the industry at the time that you're doing it. So, for example, right. I, you know, it may not be the best time to pitch a record label on an artist during holiday season. Oh, okay. Or to seek a sponsorship Mm -hmm. during the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. because, you know, the money is gone, has already been allocated. So now it's better to look in in the next 
quarter or the mm-hmm. next year. So, and, and we discuss that with our clients too, and and let them know that the timing of everything is strategic. Okay, interesting. I, I didn't realize you you I understood the contracts and stuff like that, but I didn't realize that you also work with them as far as um, pitching them. And how do you decide? I mean, I know you look at the numbers, and it sounds like they. Before you decide if you're going to pitch an artist or work with them in that respect, that they had to have already laid the groundwork. I mean, you don't just right. take somebody that walks in who who has an amazing voice or is a great guitarist or a great writer, and you don't work with them on that level unless they've already pretty much laid that groundwork, right? Yes and no. They probably aren't ready at that point for a record label, but there are always exceptions to that rule. Yeah. Um, if somebody is incredibly talented and this is something that can't wait, this music is really good, mm-hmm. they're about to pop for whatever reason, there isn't something like it, um, what they're doing in their touring and in their show is yeah. completely unique, then that that's the exception to the rule. Um, but at the same point, the introductions that we make for artists that may not have those statistics aren't to record labels yet. They're to uh, venues, okay, festivals, so sort producers, of like the co-writers, to right to give them that opportunity to continue to build. Right, and, exactly. Mm, okay, what made you want to go into entertainment law? Like, did you know when you were in college that that was the field you were going to go into? Uh, not my first year of college. No. Um, I thought that I was going to be a sports medicine doctor. Really? I've always loved sports entertainment my whole life. And I played throughout high school, but... What did you play? That was the end. Football and basketball. Okay. And I just loved it so much that, I mean, it was part of my life growing up. I don't Mm -hmm. remember ever a time not playing a sport of some sort. Okay. And wanted that to be my career because if... You're happy in your career. It's not a job. Right. It's a career and it's a way of life. Right. So I always wanted to find a way that I could keep doing that. And I thought, oh, sports medicine doctor, that sounds great. I'll be on the field with the Lions and oh, doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, after shadowing a, uh, a sports medicine physician and living the day in a life of, I realized that maybe it wasn't for me. Oh. Um, and after also a semester at Michigan State, I said, you know, these science classes are great and everything, but it's not really the route I want to go down. Yeah. So at that point, I refocused um, and knew that I was going to go to law school. Mm -hmm. And when I did, I knew the path that I wanted to go was into sports and entertainment because it's using that same passion, that same knowledge. Right. Just in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I'm perfectly fine not being in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. I like helping others get that spotlight brighter for them. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, as, as a sports medicine doctor, you're not in the spotlight either. Um, but as an attorney, it's, it's just different because they, yeah. you don't realize initially how much you are relied on by your clients for everything from, right. um, you know, just simple questions when they're on the road or, you know, it, it can be something as, what does this mean in the agreement or... The venue's power, venue power is out. What do we do? How and they call the attorney for that? That's an expensive phone call. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it can be. I would find somebody be. else to call Sometimes for that question. Sometimes it can be. Um, <laughs> usually in those types of instances, the people that 
are that are working with that artist are in the same scenario. Yeah. So if the if there was a power failure like the blackout years ago, right. everybody's in that same situation. So let's figure it out together. Um but if there's times when that can't happen, then that's when they call us and we see if, you know, we need to call their attorney or usually we'll brainstorm with them and figure out other creative solutions to figuring out that problem. So mm-hmm. that way nobody's really made to look bad because that's not the point of anything. Right. Um, right. But just to resolve that exactly. issue as easily and quickly as possible. Right. Wow, that's fascinating that you started with sports and then because you're, you're more on the music side of business, right? Or, right. Or would you say – so you work with athletes and you work with musicians or, or creative people. Right. You know? um, how would you describe the difference in the mindset of the two entertainers, I guess we could call them? Well, with with athletes, I'm not an agent. So I'm not dealing with their agreements in relationship with their team and with the league. But I do help them out with endorsements and all their other creative aspects of their career. So it kind of does fall into the same thing as musicians. Okay. Um, typically it would be, you know, like I said, endorsements, book mm-hmm. deals, um, mm-hmm. any type of branding that they have going on or want to become a part of or, you know, are, I'm fortunate to be at a, at a full service firm. My expertise is in entertainment intellectual property, but uh, we have – Attorneys in tax, business, right. real estate, in right. a bunch of different areas. So it's nice because when that client comes to us and says, well, you know, I've played this sport for X number of years, I'm retiring, but I want to now still stay involved in some way. So I'm going to start this camp. I'm going to do, I'm going to write a book. Um, mm. it, it's great because it shows their passion. It shows their way of giving back in some fashion. Yeah. And it also, opens up that athlete's eyes to other opportunities that maybe were there before and they didn't know of or now they have an opportunity to really focus on. And some of them enjoy that aspect of it mm-hmm. so much more um, because of the people that they're actually touching with it. Yeah. And it's it's really cool and, and fun neat. to see all different <laughs> sections of their career starting from when they began um, and then when their career in that respect is over and taking the next step, seeing how they really transition, it's really fascinating. Well, you know, um, when we did our research, um, I know Rocky did a nice intro, uh, but that was just a glimpse of everything you have done. I mean, we would – the whole hour would have been reading everything <laughs> you've done, so we had to make it brief. Um, but you really do have an impressive uh, Thank you. resume. I mean, for somebody who started in sports – and now um, is also in the music part of it. You've done everything with the music. Um, you're part of the DMAs. I am. And so how did that happen? I was managing a band a while ago called Green Street. Okay. Um, that was four friends from college. And as I became more and more involved with them, I became more and more involved in the local music scene. So instead of just sitting back and watching things happen, I wanted to become an active part of it and contribute in some way and, and you know, not complain, just help resolve whatever right. it could be. So I, you know, just I became a member initially um, and went to the music awards, did mm-hmm. the whole nomination and voting thing. Um, and then as I became more involved and was doing uh, more with artists, I became a member of the executive board. 
and have been on there as an executive director for or as a director for five years. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's awesome. I I love it. Yeah, I do too. We um yeah. we uh, broadcasted from yeah. I think right. you know Howard gave us permission right. to do that and it was yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, it was so fun. It, it was so much fun and I have to say, I think the people loved it, too, yeah. because we could not get away from our seat. I know. I we mean, wanted to go watch it we did, and we, enjoy we, the show, and yeah, we, we couldn't we, get up. Well, <laughs> yeah. When Jean Irene got up, we're like, sorry, you're going to have to wait. we got to go watch <laughs> <Right>. her. <laughs> watch our girl. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic event, and yeah, it, it really seems is. like um, – and you can tell people love it when they – the networking that goes on and people that haven't seen each other in a long time. It's just the one thing that we did here the whole night is it's a Detroit music family reunion. It really is. It is. You're absolutely right. Which was cool. And that's the most fun of it too. And, you know, we often have to express to our hosts that there's going to be a lot of talking and it's not because people are being disrespectful. They're just excited to be there with all of their friends at that time. Yeah. So they're not, intending to be rude to you in any way but they could be in a deep conversation or they could just be having fun and that's what the whole event is for is to have fun bring everybody together celebrate music in in detroit and it's been going great yeah so what do you do as a an executive board member uh put together the events Mm. so we have a, a couple different events throughout the year um, like the fundraisers, the and fundraisers, stuff like that. right? Now the fundraisers are those are open to the public, right? They are, yes. Okay, because I I don't think a lot of people know that. I think everybody thinks that those are just for musicians, but I think we've got to like maybe figure out a different way to kind of let people know that the fundraisers are for the public, yeah, and the event is for the public, yeah. Because I know a lot of right. people always think you have to be a musician to go. It's it's fascinating to me when we're doing an event somewhere for the music awards and. Because it is open to the public, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to be in a list. You don't need to have right. any sort of credentials to get in. Right. And when people are going on their normal day and they stop at wherever it is, you know, to have dinner, or you know, they're they're passing by, or they're getting, they're going to MJR right. for anything, or, or imagine um, just the look on their face when they see, oh, this is really what happens. People actually do get together and right. work together and promote each other. Right. And it, it's really, you know, it's to me, it's satisfying. Right. You can say, oh, okay, that's what this is. Right. And you see the light kind of go on in their head and then people come back. Right. I, I've gone yeah. to almost you everything. Yeah. I, I do. I love it. And I'm a firm believer in supporting it because I do well, think it's you. an important part of it's an important part of Detroit, and that's how we're going to keep the music alive and moving forward and scaling. Yeah. Um, what's the most satisfying thing of your job, part of your job? Helping people realize their dreams, mm. whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be anything from I want to sign a record deal or mm. I just want my music to get out there. And it's it's different for everybody. So right. it's not my job to say what they what path they should follow. It's my job to help them accomplish the goals that they set out. Let me ask you this, though. What if you get somebody that is on a path that you know as an expert, because you are an expert, um, that it's not going to work or it's not going to happen? How how do you consult with them? Do you try and redirect them or how do you handle that? It's difficult because you want to be respectful of all the work that they've put in and their passion and, and yeah. their desire and the reason that they're doing things. So, you know, it may be in a way where we say, 
maybe you should do a single instead of an album and focus on the effort that they're putting into it. You know, it, it may be an instance where um, an individual was an artist on his or her own before, but now they're married and have a family, so their time isn't there right. um, that they had before. So in those types of situations, you know, you have to figure out what their needs are. Right. And then you just say, okay, well, if that's what you're – if that's your concern, then let's talk about, you know, how we can help incorporate your your entertainment career, whatever it is, mm-hmm. into that concern and make it part of your life so it's not negatively impacting everything else you're doing. Because family is the most important. Yeah. So you want to make sure that that's always honored um, and and appreciated from all aspects because, you know, just like – just like everybody that we work with, we have families too. So right, right. Uh, we respect everybody's time and, and, and their wishes. And, you and know, that doesn't mean that the dream still can't happen. Right. Yeah. Right. It just might have to – you might have to take a little bit of a detour right. to get there. Right. Excellent. That's great. When should somebody seek out an entertainment attorney? Like somebody – you know, whether music or an author or – when is it the right time? When do you know that you should go see an entertainment attorney? Because I think a lot of people, you know, there's so many – I mean, we interview authors and musicians all the time and there's so many people with – I mean, a good friend of mine, I won't say his name because he's probably <laughs> listening today, um, but he has his work out there all over the place. And it's like when do you go see an entertainment attorney? To protect yourself really. You know, it, it's it's tough to say in each aspect. I always say right away because you need to build that foundation for the house before people start moving in. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that all of your entities are set up correctly. You want to make sure that your copyrights are protected, your trademarks are protected before you unleash it to the world. And even though people aren't supposed to sample music or re-record lyrics or take portions of books, they do. Mm-hmm. So we have to prepare our clients for that and just make sure that everything is set up properly so when that happens, their train keeps moving and at the same time, we're able to help them resolve those issues that come along the way. And also, you know, it's different because not every aspect of entertainment is the same. So with with a musician, they're going to have a manager, they're going to have a publicist, they're going to have a booking agent. Well, Nine times out of ten, all of those come with some sort of written agreement. Mm-hmm. If not a written agreement, at least an understanding. And at that point, if you don't have an attorney, who's going to really review that for you and explain to you what it means? Right. So my response to that question is always have the attorney first because they'll help vet the agreements that you have and kind of guide you through them and help put a prioritized list in that says, okay, we need this person first. We need this service now. Um, But where there are other aspects in entertainment, you know, an author, they may not have a manager, they may not have a publishing agent, but they want to get their book out. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, before you get your book out, we should protect it properly, make sure everything in there is cited correctly so everybody knows that it's your work, where to come to get permission, who to call, um, and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I, I always say initially, even if it's not you know, a full-blown engagement, at least a consultation, so that way you're thinking as you're going along and have that information in your head. Okay. Hmm. Good information. Yeah. As as an attorney, what has been the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome in your career? Fortunately, there haven't been a ton, but I would say that the 
biggest hurdle to overcome is age. Initially, because you're young, right? Okay. Initially, people would say, "Well, if you were practicing for thirty years longer, then I would agree with you." But you haven't, so I'm not going mm-hmm. to. Or if so and so made this statement, I would take it for more. Um, and mm-hmm. that really bugs me because it doesn't matter how old I am, right? Man or woman, black or white, it doesn't matter if if it's true, it's true, right? So. That's a hurdle that sometimes has to be overcome, even still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. I wouldn't say that it negatively impacts anything that anything that we do. We just yeah. show them through performance, and then right. It, I've actually had situations that started out like that that have now turned into referrals. Yeah. So you know, you just show to them that's fine. You know, you're going to have your opinion, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to change it. Mm-hmm. But. I'm going to change it about me. Right. Well, and I think what's impressive is that you really have worn all the hats. That you could possibly, I mean, other than getting on stage and singing or performing. Right. Oh, God, no, you <laughs> right, don't have want you done that. that? That's, that's not a hat I'll wear. No. <laughs> Maybe after a few glasses of wine, huh? I can't say that I haven't been on a stage, <laughs> but. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I do think before he came in, you were asking, like, I wonder if he was a musician. And I was like, yeah. I was like and you were going to ask, and I was like, no, I, I bet he came from. I was like, he could have been an athlete, and because yeah. we know that Howard Hertz was a well, he's was a musician. A, yeah, as a Howard's musician. a musician. Howard's a musician. Yes, yeah. and I did, I did take piano lessons for a little bit as a kid. Okay, see, there you go. And yeah. now to this day, I still tell my parents, "You're right. I should have stuck with it. I should have yeah. stuck it through." But, oh, really? But it was sunny outside. I wanted to go play <laughs> baseball. I wanted to go outside and play with my friends. I didn't want to sit at a piano. I, again, you know, looking back, 25 years, I probably would have had a different. Yeah. Suggestion for younger me. What's what has surprised you the most about the entertainment uh, industry? How quickly it's changing. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it went from only having physical recorded materials like CDs and cassettes and vinyl to the whole Napster peer-to-peer sharing system to streaming, and it's. It's incredible how fast it moves. It moves faster than the government, which is why there's a lot of concern with legislation and regulations that mm-hmm. are current that aren't necessarily following the trends, even though legislators and organizations are trying to change that actively and all the time. Um, it's not at the rate that the industry is going. It's starting to catch up, but it's still not there. What so it, it's what crazy. What is driving that? Is it the consumer? It is the consumer, okay. yes, because now people are um, conditioned to have instant gratification All for everything. Right. So they want to be able to download that song on their phone right away or that show. Um, they don't want to have to go to a store. Everybody likes the convenience of their home, their office, their car, whatever it is. Right. And they don't necessarily like you know, making any trips anywhere to do anything. I am literally the, yeah, <laughs> the epitome that of that. That describes you. <laughs> I don't do or see, anything. I like having physical copies of things in my hands. Like I like, I, do too. I still like CDs. For example, my interview, her interview. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. She's got 10 pieces of paper in front That's of her okay. and two stacks of them. And That's I have my iPad. <laughs> You're right. Good point. That is a really good point. But I know we're always arguing about that, but I do think that's interesting. So where do you see the music in Detroit going, the music industry here? It's only going up. I mean, it's it's crazy that Detroit wasn't getting the national and international attention that it deserved for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and people think 
for a while, they thought of Detroit as Motown and then Kid Rock and Eminem and then, and then Jack White. Mm-hmm. But what they're not really understanding or, or missing in there is everything else that's going on. Yeah. The recording studios that are here are incredible. Pine Knob, DTE is, I mean, it's a wonderful venue mm-hmm. that year after year has sell out crowds. The smaller amphitheaters like Freedom Hill and Meadowbrook mm-hmm. and all the festivals that happen, um, you know, right. it's, it's incredible. And well, yes, Motown certainly put Detroit on the map musically. Um, since then, people tend to forget about even Bob Seger. Right. Uh, people tend to forget about Mitch Ryder and mm-hmm. Sponge. Uh, so there's there's a ton of talent here. And what's really interesting is meeting people who are connected to that talent but not in a business way. So, for example, I uh, Ubered to a wedding recently and was just talking to the driver and he had the music up really loud and turned it down. I got in the car. I said, no, that's a good song. Leave it on. What are you doing? <laughs> and What song was it? It was a T. Grizzly song. Okay. Oh. So I said, you don't have to turn down T. Grizzly. Leave that up. And we started talking and he asked me, you like T. Grizzly? Is this why? What do you do? And I told him what I did. And he was the nephew of one of the four tops. Oh. Don't you love I mean, stories it's just, like it's just that? Stuff like that. People you run into, and I love you know, it. Very nice guy. Yeah. And we talked the whole time. You know, it was a forty-five minute ride, and we just talked the whole time. And those are the kind of people who music really touches. Yeah. And they see the impact that it can have, and it's it, it's awesome. Yeah. What do you think makes Detroit unique? The people. The the fight and the people, the determination and the people, yeah, the, the never say die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Even even you know six seven years ago when with all the bankruptcies and everything, mm-hmm. um, yes, people did leave and, and move for you know personal reasons or professional reasons, but they're coming back. Yeah, and it wasn't to get away from Detroit. Right. It was you know it was for other other reasons survival right reasons. survival right. and at that point and now mm-hmm. with all of the with all the stuff that's going on downtown whether it's development mm-hmm. whether it's new events festivals um there's no shortage of entertainment in Detroit and in the surrounding areas and the support that artists and venues and record labels and radio stations are getting um is is awesome that's fantastic. That's great. Now, are you part of um, – I know uh, Brian Pastoria is involved with – and I think Howard is part of it or maybe Howard – I'm not sure who started yeah. it. But that um, museum that they're working on? I am, yes. What? Tell us a little uh, – Brian was on the show and he had told us about – it was a year ago though. Yeah. But tell us what's going it's on with Detroit that. the Detroit Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, isn't it? What, what is it similar, called? similar, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the Detroit – Music Hall of Fame Museum. And what it's what the goal of the whole foundation is is to promote Detroit as a music epicenter and to promote it as an internationally known music city through events, awesome. through education, um, through outreach, through collaboration with other cities, and really promote the talent that's here, that's from here. Um, and the events that happen here on an ongoing basis so that way there's live music downtown every night. Mm-hmm. There's, there are events. There's collaborative spaces and opportunities for people to get to know each other and work together where that maybe wasn't the case before. 
Um, so it's it's great, and it really brings everybody from all different sectors of the entertainment business together, from you know promoters from the big promotion companies and production companies to producers like Brian, um, record labels, booking agents. I mean, you name it, and, and they're involved in some aspect. And it's intended to be inclusive, certainly not to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great because everybody has an idea and everybody's contributing their ideas. And it's all for the same common goal is to rebrand Detroit into that music epicenter that it really is. That's fantastic. Cool. Yeah. How many um, people are involved in that? You know, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. there's um, – there's, a, there's like, an executive like, board is, and an advisory, okay. uh, an advisory committee. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two different, two different boards, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we meet once or t- once a month, or once every two months, depending on schedules and, and availability, mm-hmm. um, to to keep the ball moving in that direction. And so is it still – I mean I would imagine it's going to take a, a while to plan it. Obviously, is, it, is that still where it's at in the planning stages? It is, yes. Okay. When do you think or what's the goal or the wish that um, it would be, you know, launching? Like when – is there – I mean there's going to be a building, right? Groundbreaking and all that stuff. The goal is to have a building, uh, call it our own, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm just not sure on what the timeline is. Yeah. I think – Everybody is more focused on getting the right pieces in place mm-hmm. instead of a deadline so yeah. that we're not hurrying and just pulling things together. Right. It's done methodically so that right. we can say, okay, this is why we did it here. This will be our first outreach. This will be our first event. Um, so that way it's, it's done the right way. That's fantastic. That fantastic. That's so exciting. It is. It's exciting. And then it also gives me the opportunity to see and hear things that are going on in other sectors of the entertainment industry that I don't deal with every single day. So it's mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. Now you also teach at Dime, is that correct? I, yes, I taught at Dime for a semester and then over the summer I taught entertainment law at uh, Western Michigan Cooley Law School. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Now is that what you taught at Dime? What did you teach at Dime? At Dime it was a music business class mm. really focused on giving the students – just the foundational knowledge and understanding um, of everybody that they're going to come in contact with in their career as a musician. Mm -hmm. So that way they know when they see a contract where the hot spots are, what are the issues. They know what some of the lingo means. Mm -hmm. And that's that's important because when you come to an attorney or when you have a conversation with a manager or a record label, you don't just want to say yes or no. You want to do it intelligently know what they're talking about, know what those words and, and phrases actually mean. Right. So that way when you're talking to them and whoever else your advisor is or your advisor team is, that way you know um, you have an understanding of what those issues really are and what it means for you now and down the road. Were they pretty receptive of that Kind of information, absolutely. Yeah, we've had we've had quite a few of the uh, dime uh, students yeah. on our show. Um, Just a couple weeks ago, we had their their collaborate yeah collaboration in August album. that yeah. was in August. But um, yeah, they're very serious about it. I would imagine that would be a fun group of people to teach. It is because they're there for they're there on their own, right? 
right? You know, they want to be there. It's not high school where you must be in school right. every day otherwise. Right. They have to be there. If they're not there, they don't pass. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all for them. Right. So it, it's good it's good for them to be there, and it's great to see how motivated they are to yeah. find out everything that they need to do for their careers. If, if you had to um, just, like, give a reality check to aspiring entertainers, whatever, actors, musicians, um, what would that reality check be? What would you tell them to be prepared for? To spend money. Uh. And I don't necessarily mean that in, in your team, but when you're holding yourself out as a musician – don't leave the house in holy sweatpants and cut off T-shirts <laughs> with stains all over it. You're a public figure and you want to be a public figure. So look the take part. the time to look the part. Mm. Um, your marketing materials, whatever it is, your, your website, your merchandise, people are going to – you want people to buy it. So they're going to scrutinize everything. So spend the time, spend the money to have it done the right way, whether it's the quality of clothing – the uh, clarity of the design, it takes, it takes time and it takes money um, to get it done. And I don't think people understand that. Now, that doesn't mean that in order say, to get good stuff, you have to spend money. I'm right. so it's happy there. you said you're, that. You're so. saying dress for success. Like, look the right. part of what you right. are trying to become. Right. If you want to be – if you're trying to follow in the steps of someone like a Macklemore who didn't sign right. to a label or Chance the Rapper who didn't sign to right. a label, well, that's great. But – Look back 10 years and see where they started, how they started. Right. It probably wasn't from just a computer. You know, they, I'm sure they had all the social media sites as they became available, but I would almost guarantee that they were out pounding the pavement, meeting people, saying, hey, can I perform at your show? Don't pay me. I just want to be there. I'll do one song. Hustling. Right. Doing everything that they can. Um, and, you know, I think that's another expectation that people have is instant success. Right. Um, and nothing. There's there's nothing that's overnight. No. It takes I, – I told Rocky this. Mm-hmm. and it, Just in business. Right. There, there is no over – I mean, it takes 15 years. Right. Is yep. the benchmark. Yeah. But I think the other thing, too, is not everybody is going to be um, – you know, Beyonce or Macklemore, but they can still make a great living at it today. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So what, why is it difficult? Do you think that people are, just look at the, you know, the, the people that are like the Ed Sheeran is here mm-hmm. tonight. Or like, are they just looking at him and, and that's what they're focused on or, and missing out maybe on a lot of other opportunities that um, could lead them to, you know, a good solid career as a musician, as an artist, making a great living, doing it full time. It's it's very possible that they're trying to fit themselves into a category where I don't know that that's always the right thing to do. I think it's, you know, you can't say that because I'm a singer songwriter, I want to be the next, I'm going to do the next thing or the, everything that James Taylor has done. Right. You know, it's James Taylor tours, he writes, he records. I mean, he does he does everything. So, yes, that's what you should do, but do it in your way. Be yourself because if if right. you're just a, a duplicate of somebody else, then 
you know, there's nothing unique. Right. So it's, it's being yourself is, is important. Well, and it's also, I think, to the people that we all admire that we're, you know, we see on stage. It's like looking at a corporation. I mean, there's only one CEO and there's only one president of a company. That doesn't mean that upper management isn't making money. They're all, right. They all have a successful career, too. And they're doing what they love. So sometimes I think there's that... Um, I don't know, like false hope or whatever, false dream of, you know, just looking at that one thing and they think if they're not going to make it at that level, they're not going to do it. Right. And and it's not happening today. So right. let's throw in the towel now exactly. and, and call it a day. Yeah, I think that's got to be the most frustrating part on, on your end to, to see talent that um, they don't want to do the grind. They don't, right. you know, they don't want to do the hustle. They don't get it. They're... There just is no overnight success. Right. Right. I'd be a singer if there was. Right? <laughs> a oh, rapper. Yeah. Oh. A rapper. <laughs> right? You just settle down there, yeah. Killer, all right? Yeah, okay. You just write your books and yeah, sit yeah. here. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. No, I do, I do appreciate the fact that you said to be yourself because I think for so many people it's – Especially as a as an artist aspiring myself, that's the hardest thing you see everybody else, and you know you want to take. Oh, I, I want to be Beyonce. Okay, well I can't dance, so that's just naturally not going to happen. <laughs> so it's just you know being right. yourself. I just think the authenticity is. And, and the is, tough part is, as, as a public figure, as you know, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, which is scary. <laughs> and everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it, it's incredible. Yeah. So. I give you a lot of credit because you've got to have some pretty thick skin to She's just brush that you. stuff yeah. off. That's true. Yeah. You know? That's true. Come on, we carry knives. Make a couple calls. Yeah. Those yeah. people go away. Exactly. Everything's okay. That is too funny because I too have made a couple calls. Yeah. Before, just so you know, off the record. No way to on the record. I did not make a couple calls. I'm kidding. I do. And when you said that we have to spend money, my brother is. I'm. I'm spending. I'm like, okay, I'll buy the new clothes. I'll go buy whatever I get. My brother, on the other hand, is like. He doesn't spend any money for anything. So if you're listening, John Paul. Yeah, John Paul. I think he was talking <laughs> to you. As well. You know why well John Paul spent. doesn't? Because we all spend money on John Paul. Uh, that is true. That is really That's why true. he doesn't. He's yeah. a smart kid. He knows he doesn't have <laughs> He to, can get it out of us. Yeah, he'll just, he'll just keep sucking it out of us, you know? <laughs> what, what do you think um, successful people across the board, whether they're pursuing sports or music, what do you think they have in common? Like what makes some people successful and other people that have a lot of talent not have any success? Determination, work ethic, drive, um, and a refusal to, to be complacent. Mm. Just because you sold out you know, the Majestic doesn't mean that you can stop there. That was fantastic that you sold out the Majestic and certainly a, a great accomplishment. But you need to now work on selling out you know, the next size venue, right. sell out the Fox, sell out, you know, uh, sell out something else, go to a different city, expand what you're doing. And I think that um, a lot of times people try to rest on the fact that they did hit a milestone right. or accomplish a, a really great goal. And that should carry them to the next point in their career. It's a fair point, And it should be something that helps them get there. But they should keep working in making themselves better in order to get to that next step because if they're not going to someone else is going to work harder faster stronger and smarter than they are so if they don't do it someone else will beat them to it and they're right around the corner right yeah, yeah. you got to keep raising the bar all the right. time huh is there anything that we haven't asked you that we 
should have asked you? Anything you would want to share about the firm? Well, it's like I was saying, it's it's great that it's a full service firm because clients can feel at home. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not being moved around from firm to firm to say, okay, this is a tax issue. So we have to go here. This is an estate issue. So we have to go here. We handle it all. And it's great because it gives it gives our clients that sense of a family. And it's one stop. And it's one stop. So everything's there. And if they can't get in touch with somebody for a reason, you know, that person's out of town or in a meeting or, or you know, in court or in a deposition, there's other people there to answer that question. So it's that's what I really love about working at Hertz Tram. And everybody's collaborative. Um, we all work together. Mm-hmm. And it's that's fantastic. I, I really love it. And it's there's quite a few attorneys. There. We have about thirty attorneys. Wow. That's yeah, a and pretty it's pretty big firm. It's you know, like I said, it, it's nice having an office in Bloomfield Hills and having one downtown. Right. Um, so now, where are you based out of? Are you out of Bloomfield? I am just because it's close to my house, but I'm okay. downtown probably five to seven times a month. Okay. If so not if, more. Some, if somebody wanted to make an appointment with you, would they? go to the Bloomfield? Would they call the Bloomfield They would just call and really it depends on their schedule. Right. I I meet people downtown all the time or I meet them somewhere in between, somewhere that's more convenient for them. Um, It may be for coffee, maybe, you know, for drinks or dinner or lunch or whatever it might be. My only concern with meeting people publicly is the content of our conversation and not wanting anything to be overheard by somebody who might be sitting next to us. Um, So, you know, if if that's the case and we're talking about some sensitive and, and confidential material, then I'd say let's just meet in private. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, if it's like a brainstorming session or a strategy meeting where, you know, there's not much that will be disclosed that isn't already known, right. um, then then that's okay. Even if it's just an initial consultation where it's like, well, what do you think I should do here? That's usually okay. Okay. So we're talking to Joseph Belanca, who is an attorney with Hertz Schram. And you can reach him at 248-494-4486, um, especially if you are in entertainment. Um, the law firm, though, has uh, 30 attorneys, and um, they can guide you to whoever, whatever you need. But if you are looking for entertainment advice, consulting, um, legal work, you would go to Joe Blanca in Thank Detroit. You. Um, I just have one more question yes. for you. What has been the highlight of your career so far? Hmm, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, Being on the Nooner show, come yeah. on. It's pretty easy. Besides and obvious, today, we'll wipe that's that off the table. Up there. <laughs> that's up there, one of the top ten. <laughs> we'll take that off the number one for you. But <laughs> I wouldn't say that there's a, a single thing that has really been the highlight, but um, working with athletes and entertainers that you idolize as a kid. Oh, wow. And then negotiating with them, seeing how they negotiate, seeing how they work um, in getting the deal done with them has been awesome. You know, it's like a kid's childhood dream coming true. That's so cool. Um, that is you know what? Cool. I don't get to hit the home run at Comerica yeah. Park like I thought I would when I was seven. But this is pretty darn close and, and, it, and it's awesome. It's a home run in itself. Though. Absolutely. Yeah. Different, like we, <laughs> different type of home run. And it's also great seeing your work come to life yeah i've worked on some super bowl commercials which have been awesome and really you know the anticipation of the super bowl and the commercials itself is you didn't work on the m&m one did you i didn't know that Um, commercial but there was there were some others and it's been pretty it's pretty cool to see how much really goes into it because 
everybody making those commercials and in those commercials know that the world is watching at that time. Right. And there really isn't any more of a focused event than the Super Bowl when right. everybody yeah. is watching. So that has to be such a rush to sit in a room and watch something that you were part of creating. It is. It, it was really cool. And oh, at the same time, that. negotiating with record labels for clients. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's great. And I love it. I'm really fortunate to, to work where I work, to be doing what I'm doing and working with the clients that I am to um, – you know, to be in the seat. Well, it's clear you're very passionate yeah. just because of um, you, you can feel it, yeah. your energy. No, thank but, you. but not just that. I genuine. think with, yeah, yeah, it's genuine. Everything you've had your hands into, I mean, you clearly have learned everything there is to learn about the business, which is fantastic. Yeah, and that's, you know, and, and that's something building on what you asked earlier. What advice would you give somebody? It's don't stop learning because mm. the world's not going to stop changing. So right. you have to, you have to, continue to learn you have to continue to you know think about ways that you can stay up and stay current with every single change that's going on now i know you have two small kids so as they get older and one of them says to you i want to be a rock star what would you say well i've already had this conversation with my two-year-old son the two-year-old <laughs> yes he air guitars in the car all the time oh, he really sh- oh, he, he head bangs um, seriously oh yeah we'll turn on We'll just be flipping through the radio stations and, no, Daddy, I want rock and roll. <laughs> okay, we can do that. Turn it louder, Daddy. Okay, Really? Turn it louder. Yes, and it's, uh, it's great. My daughter's the same way. It's, it's just So it's, it's coming, so, then. It's coming. It'll be it's interesting, coming. huh? Um, if they want to do it, who am I to stop them? You know, yeah. I, I just yeah. want to make sure that they're doing it for the right reasons and they've got the right people working with them along the way and they're protected and not taken advantage of. But if, if that's their passion... Great. You know, if they want to be a chef or they want to be a teacher, police officer, whatever they want to be, mm-hmm. that's up to them. Um, so however I can help them realize that goal, I'll do everything I can to make it happen. Fantastic. fantastic. Gosh. And what advice would you give somebody who says, I, I want to be an entertainment attorney? Run. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't what you're supposed to say. <laughs> I would say get involved early on. Yeah. Um, you know, my getting involved early on was I was an intern at Freedom Hill where I was right. handing out the vouchers that you see on 7-Eleven counters, papers, posters, doing all that kind of stuff. You did the groundwork. Yes, because my thought process is and was if I don't do that and know how to do it, how can I tell somebody else what they need to be doing? So I learned through hands-on experience and that doesn't mean that it, you have to go into a law firm right away. You know, work for an entertainment publication, a venue, a promoter, um, you know, do some stuff on your own. Try and think outside the box. Start something. You know, just be involved, be around and be present. And then people will start seeing that. They'll notice that you care. They'll they'll notice that it's more than just you saying, I care. Right. You showing that you care by going to your client's shows, by, you know, responding to emails at night or text messages or phone calls or whatever it is. Um, it's important. And, you know, that's one thing I get that question a lot. How do we get to become an entertainment attorney? And it's, it's just start and start working. And if your passion is in live events, talk to some, talk to some venues, talk to some promoters and just see how you can become involved. And you never know what spirals from there. Right. Great advice. 
Great advice. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. And for the information. I mean, it was so educational. Yes. Unbelievable. But thank you so much. Um, Again, that was Joe Belanca, part of Hertz SRAM Law Offices. And you can get a hold of him at 248-494-4486. And uh, we have wine today from um, Taylor Marie. Thank you, Taylor. Yes, thank you, Taylor, (laughs) again. So um, she keeps uh, giving us these wonderful gift bags of yeah. wines. So, vino. Yes, so. <laughs> vino. And uh, we have to end it with our favorite favorite part, uh, favorite part of the show here. It's not really our favorite part. No, we just did our favorite part. Okay, so we have okay. to toss our cookies here, Joe. Mm-hmm. Whichever one is pointed to you, which is that one, that means that's your fortune. All right, let's see what it says. Yeah, let's see. Give one, that one is Grant. Yeah. Why'd you give me the crumbled up one? Here, I was going to give me the crumbled up Because one, she could see what the fortune said. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like, she put yeah, it back. Right, you will buy your daughter a house. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe no. I got in there. That's I didn't do it. That's funny because mine says, no, my daughter will buy me a house. How's that? <laughs> and a car. And, all right, you can read it first. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. Yeah, you did. You gave me the... And so, Joe, you know what? We always pick a song at, to close the show with that sort of reflects our, our guest. And so for you, we picked uh, Detroit Rock City. Awesome. So we're going to close <laughs> it with that. But I do have a little quiz for you guys. Do we have, a, do we have a, a two? Yeah. Oh, we do. We have three minutes. minutes. Okay. okay. So um, this is for Rocky and Jess. Okay. okay. Based on what you heard today. Mm-hmm. And you got to know Joe a little bit better. Right. What kind of music do you think he listens to the majority of the time? What's on his phone? Rocky, what would you say? I would say classic rock. Classic rock? Yeah. I'm oh. going to have to agree with that. Yeah. That's exactly I like what I was thinking. Really? Rockers, I oh. feel like. He's too young for classic rock. Classic yeah, rock is classic too young rock for now classic is rock. not necessarily sticks. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Classic guys. rock now is. Who's, what's classic rock now? I know stuff Bon Jovi, Aerosmith. Yeah. I yeah. Feel like if, oh. he, if his kids rock out, that's why I think if his, if his little kid but was he, saying, Dad, put on rock and roll, oh. I think that. Okay. See, I, I would have said rap. You would have said rap. I think in disguise. I, I think when nobody's watching, yeah, he's jamming out to Eminem. I think so. Mm-hmm. Big Sean, Sean. himself in the music. I would have to say Jackie's right. <gasps> Are you oh my serious? Yep. I love. <laughs> I love. We rap, Hip hop, R and B, funk. Oh my god, that's awesome. That was total. I didn't find that anywhere on your stuff. <laughs> that was total. Ah, there you go. Jackie's psychic. I know she is. <laughs> I know Taylor living when with I her. Is like. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, go ahead. Read your fortune. All right. Mine says you will always have good luck in your personal affairs. Oh, Grant, did you get it? I did. Uh, mine says there are many unexpected and thrilling surprises in store for you. Oh, and, and interesting. Grant is a golfer too. I am. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Well. So was this inter- interesting to you? Did you? Very, yeah. yeah um, the whole sports side of it. and Yeah, there's tons of, I mean, I as the part of golf that I work in is more of like the marketing and sales aspect. So um, mm-hmm. we do deal with legal things and stuff on a fairly regular basis. But um, yeah, just the entertainment side of it is definitely, uh, I'm sure you don't deal with many golfers around in this area. But uh, he's, from, he's from Florida. You'd be surprised. I mean, with there being as many golf courses as there are here, there's a lot of oh, that's true. You know, golf-centered events right. that, that happen or that are part of other events that athletes or entertainers are performing at. You know, there could be a, a charity golf outing 
and then they're also performing the next day as part of it or, or you know, involved in, in a philanthropic endeavor in some way. So in addition to actually playing the sport, there's other involvement that people have too. So we've yeah. been involved oh, in quite a, a bit. Point. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Good. All right, Joe, what does it say? What's your fortune? My fortune is this weekend will bring you a surprise. <gasps> oh. What's your wife up to? <laughs> Well, I don't know. We'll find out. That's the surprise. <laughs> All right. Jess, what does yours say? Uh, people will have great respect for you. Oh, we, all, we do anyway, Jess. Yeah, I know. I'm like, stop giving me obvious stuff, fortune cookie. Yeah, really. <laughs> all right. Mine is your determination will bring you much success. Very nice. Well, damn it, it better. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, cheers, everyone. Um, Joe, again, thank you so much. And um, I'll be seeing you at all the events, I'm sure. Tell Mr. Hertz we said hello. Absolutely, I will. And um, remember, sometimes the only available mode of transportation is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking the leap of faith and happy hump day.
Rocks.